What's up, Redemption community? I hope you all are having a fantastic week and enjoying the early holiday season. My name is John Hendricks, and this is episode eight of The Threshing Floor. This week's episode is all about type two. I'll be sitting down with type two royalty Jaden Alstead and Redemption elder Tyler Stevens. Between the two of them, these guys have several placings and national titles for type two categories. So we'll feed off their knowledge and wisdom about type two to give you an overview and a little bit of a a deeper understanding of what type two is as a category. And, you know, maybe persuade you to give it a try. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. Appreciate you being here. Welcome back. Welcome back to Redemption. Oh, sorry. <laughs> What's um, happening, everybody? Yeah, you do start every episode like that. What's happening? <laughs> um, so welcome in, guys, to another episode of The Threshing Floor. Uh, my name, as always, is John Hendricks. We're here with Type 2 players Tyler Stevens and Jaden Alstead. Did I Very say good. it right? You did, you did yeah. So the point of this episode is going to be all about type two, kind of what is it and unpacking that and seeing how it compares to type one or players that don't have any experience with it. And before we get into that, we'll just kind of let let these two, I guess, veterans in that area kind of speak about their um, experience and successes with type two. So you want to go ahead and go first, Jaden, since you prepared your whole resume? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did do a lot of research uh just kind of figuring out like okay when did i actually like start doing type two and um you know how did i I get to uh last year which was actually my first type two two player national title uh which was pretty exciting um so uh, um as you guys as i mentioned last time i've been playing the game since pretty much i could read so it's been like uh, one like t- at least three years now um <laughs> oh, wait, no, no it's been uh a number of years my first big type two finish um that i i mean like the one that is kind of like sealed in my memory uh was actually in 2007 um at the type two only tournament so um from i think it was 2006 was the first one to 2019 is the the most recent one. Uh, we used to always do a type two only tournament in uh, the winter in Minnesota. And so it was kind of like six months apart from nationals, but it was, uh, it was a local, but it was basically a nationals level tournament as far as like attendance and like the, you know, names of, of people who were, who would show up. And it was always kind of treated as like a, um, kind of a, a precursor for nationals, like what you expect to see in type two. We would do multiplayer on Friday night and then two player on like all of Saturday. There would be Iron Man uh, type one in between just for you know, players who, who don't play type two or just wanted to play some type one uh, in between rounds and stuff. Um, and it was always a lot of fun. And I'm actually, uh, I really want to get that going again next year. So uh, hopefully through this podcast, we can convince all y'all to uh play some type two and maybe if we get a type two only going um in the you know kind of early or late late winter early spring uh, in minnesota you guys can can come up for that 
Um, What's but, early spring for Minnesota? You, uh, I don't even know. I guess it's August. <laughs> it's really like midwinter. It's usually like February or March is kind of when we when we would have them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I uh, 2007, I won Type Two multiplayer uh, with um, like a choose the blocker offense with um i'm pretty sure you could still have five copies of cards at that time so it was five provisions five lamenting for jeff's daughters and yeah i know it's a set aside card that takes four turns and it actually worked <laughs> in type two multi <laughs> um but yeah that was uh i remember that being kind of like a really big moment and like when i really started to like type two and you know uh as as most of you know type two multiplayer kind of has a you know, a place in my heart, probably because of that. Rest in peace. Had, um, had a place in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> um, but when, uh, I guess like in two player and I mean, really, uh, I guess my first kind of nationals appearances, uh, or like placings, I guess in, in either, uh, like it wasn't until like 2014. So I guess, you know, seven years after the type two only, uh, that I, uh, had my first RNRS and nationals titles. Um, so I had taken first place, at in type two, two player at Minnesota state and then, and at North central regionals, and then first place, at uh, in type two multiplayer at state and second place in multiplayer at regionals, uh, I ended up in fourth because they're in type two, two player at nationals. And then second in Type Two Two Player RNRS, and then um, you know second place in Type Two Multiplayer and uh, at Nats and in RNRS that year. So uh, a number of kind of uh, lots of I guess second place that year. Um, but specifically about it, I remember the the deck I was using was something that I kind of came up with and I thought was like really cool and, and unique. It was like a Disciples uh, and New Testament Prophets and Magicians deck. So I was running two copies of Nazareth because you know, searching was was all the rage. Um, yeah, still is, but uh, Nazareth was was really good um, if you kind of built around it. And so I used two copies of Nunc Dimittis um, and then four copies of Divination all to kind of do some like card advantage and card, or I guess like value Um while not searching, I guess, and so not letting my opponent search either. Um, and then the Disciples part of the offense was, you know, obviously just pretty strong, uh, as Disciples were at that point. You had drawing off of Matthew and Pordrak McCoyne, um, and then, you know, Thaddeus, shenanigans, and then the New Testament prophets actually, you know, like with Simeon, I could band to Peter or John um, and have you know, both colors in there with a cannot be negative band. Um, and so that was one of my, like, the earliest type two two player decks that I remember having a lot of fun with and uh, having a good amount of success with. Um, and I actually got this comment from Jordan, um, my older brother who, um, you know, was a big type two player. Uh, at that point, he was actually the one who won with his, uh, panic demon deck that year. Um, he, he said in a comment on my deck list, uh, I'll have to admit has been a mixture of fun and agonizing to seeing Jaden's development as a type two player. This deck consistently beat both Justin and I throughout the year and would have beaten me at Nats had it not been for a very well-timed mayhem. This deck was a brilliant mix of speed and power. And if I would have to get, or if I would have had to give the odds to the players playing type two in the tournament, I would have probably have bet on Jaden. 
congrats to my little bro. And I'm confident that this, his time to hold the type two, two player trophy is coming. So that's, you know, just kind of showing some of my, uh, development, I guess. Um, and now, you know, seven years later, uh, turned into Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but there were there were definitely some close calls in between. Uh, one of them being 2016 at Nationals when uh, I had beat Ron Sias in the first round, then Clift Chrysel, who took third place that year, and then I, I timeout beat this other uh, random guy who took second place that year, um, <laughs> uh, Tyler Stevens. Some of you may have heard of him. Um, <clears throat> so I was feeling pretty good about how things were going uh, in that tournament until I got to round four and I was playing Justin and. Uh, you know, things were kind of started a little bit slow for me, but I kind of started to recover and stabilize and I might've been able to pull it off, but I uh, played mayhem into his RBD and just couldn't recover after that. Um, so that was kind of a, a tough moment for me and it, it kind of tilted me for like the rest of the tournament. Uh, so I ended up losing that game. I lost to Jordan in the next round and then Joe Schaefer in round six and kind of just went you know, downhill from there. Um, I guess that... Yeah, we only played six rounds, so that was the end of it. But, um, you know, Justin did mention that he thought I would have won that game had I not made that mistake. Maybe he was just saying it to make me feel better, but at least he had to go and go on to win that year with his uh, Dark Horse deck, um, which was pretty sweet. Um, let's see, 2017 and 2019, I won Type 2 2 player at the Type 2 only. Um, so those were... Uh, you know, kind of two other you know, milestones. Um, you know, a lot of times the type two only was kind of a, a predictor of who you know, would would win or at least do well at nationals those years. Um, in uh, 2019, I did get second place uh, with Lightning Priest, lost to Josiah Beers. Um, a, a very strange game. Uh, I got the combo off early on, um, but made a couple mistakes also that uh, I would have gotten it off sooner. It would have been a little bit more effective. Ended up being two to two going into Josiah's last turn with both of us having played Son of God, and then he drew his second coming on his his draw three. So that was what made the difference that year. Um, <clears throat> let's see, uh, 2018. Uh, that's also kind of uh, an important one. Um, I almost got first place, but I made costly mistake number two, I guess. Um, so I took, ended up in sixth place. Um, some other, uh, the, the same random guy from before took first place that year. Um, but I took sixth place with eight points and Tyler took first place with 11 points. So that's how close the you know, top six players were that year. And it was the last round where I was playing Nathan Leverson. Uh, he's a Rochester, Minnesota guy. Uh, he played music leader in pretty much every deck, you know, since music leader came out. And I, it was like my last turn, um, and I made, I, maybe it was my second to last turn, I guess, and I made this, like, monumental mistake. Uh, I think I think I used, like, Storehouse or something to uh, grab an enhancement, and I triggered his Music Leader when I didn't need the enhancement, and I knew that I couldn't trigger Music Leader for whatever reason, because uh, I, I think, you know, probably let him get whatever he needed to rescue on his turn, um, maybe like a 24 Elders or something. And if I hadn't done that, then I would have had him you know, like locked out and then would have won on my next turn. Uh, but he ended up winning. And if I had won, uh, 
that game, then I would have been at 11 points. And uh, I did timeout win against Tyler again that year. So no, I would have uh, would have won the uh, head-to-head tiebreaker there. Um, let's see, in 2020, uh, I got another second place in Type 2-2 player, also with Lightning Priest. Um, Tyler finally figured out how to beat me. Uh, so he took first again that year. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He, yep. And you hoped he beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what... You got to tell me what happened there again. I forgot. That was the um, Babylonian Soothsayers. Oh, Soothsayers. That's right. Yep. So, and you had two of them out <laughs> and you said Son of God's Second Coming. And I hadn't, I was at five and hadn't played Son of God's Second Coming or I was at four. I rescued, but I still couldn't get, like I was able to pop one, like negate one and get rid of it because you had to negate their ability and get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't played the big two and uh he had got rid of my three woes earlier like he had discarded my three woes at the very beginning of the game so i hadn't played the big two but i could only get to six and i had soldier's prayer and solomon's dream and i had all these ways to just go through and i was looking through um deck and then looking through discard as well um because i was able to do both and try to get to a solomon's dream to get to a dominant um, cause I didn't draw into the big two. And so, I mean, we, we were, I will say we were out of time. Um, but we were in the very last, like that was it. It was game over. This is it done. Right, it turns yeah. over like your turns over the uh, phase is over. Battle phase is over. And I'm sitting there looking and we're just kind of like talking as we're looking. And I'm like, I know there's something here. Um, I don't know about a legality because, you have so many seconds per card, 30 seconds per card, but you have loops of soldier's prayer and then you can go back through Solomon's dream. And at each territory class, you, you reset the counter per phase. Um, and we're talking and then, and regardless, it would have been a six, five or six, four, six, five timeout win for me. And it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and Jaden was just like, well, I'm glad I got rid of your three woes earlier. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. Solomon's dream to three woes to uh, uh, negate that to soldier's prayer to Solomon's dream to second coming for seven. And he was just like, yeah, are we still out of time? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. Was it because you – maybe I just named Son of God because I, I had discarded your three woes of something, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you had just, discarded you my – second coming – to get three woes back. Yeah, and, and then I got, yeah, and then I was able to, yeah, correct. And then I was able to negate, go back and get, and get, uh, and then go from my deck to get Son of God. Yep. Because I wasn't able to play Son of God. I could play one or the other, and I didn't play it because I wasn't, regardless, I can get to the other, but I had to get to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reminded me so nicely that <laughs> he had discarded it at the beginning of the game. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just go get that then. I might have been under the impression that the round was over and or like we were calling it, but... Uh, I was under the impression. I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, <clears throat> last year, I guess I you know figured out how to beat Tyler in time, uh, finish the game, and uh, you know, I did all right. Um yeah, ended up first place in, in Type 2 two-player and uh, first place in Type 2 multiplayer for the last time. 
ever. <laughs> <laughs> also, for the fourth time in the last four years, I suppose that's maybe worth mentioning. But you know, I, I can. I guess now there's no chance that anyone ever breaks that record. So that's uh, I can hold on to that. <laughs> so that's quite the uh, the resume there. So it looks like you this past Nats finally got the monkey off your back. Um, yep. so how did that, how did that feel for you? Um, it was, it felt pretty good, I guess. It was like, kind of like, a, okay, you know, it's about time I'd finally, you know, managed to do it. Uh, I guess, you know, doing it with lightning priest wasn't going to work because you know, the last two, two years I got, I got second with it. And then lightning priest also took second this year, uh, this past year. Um, so clearly that's, that wasn't the deck. And I was like, really like towards the beginning of the year, I guess, uh, when neither eyes to see nor love of first sight had been discovered or at least public publicized yet, I guess I was kind of going back and forth between like, Oh, do I want to play either of those decks? And do I want to you know, play either of them in type one instead of type two? Because, you know, if there was a, a chance to get a type one title, it you know would be with maybe one of these decks kind of coming out of nowhere. And um, that was back when I thought that I was the only one who knew about them. <laughs> um, and then I think when they were publicized and there was kind of this unspoken, maybe partially spoken agreement not to play Love at First Sight in Type 2, uh, at least between like Tyler and I and, and maybe some of the other guys, but... Uh, I was like, okay, you know, I can go back to what I really wanted to play, which was post-exilic. And uh, I think it felt a lot better than it would have if I won with you know, some stupid combo deck. So I guess we'll we'll just roll over to you, Tyler. And I, I guess somewhere in Jaden's um, rant or going over his, <laughs> his history, there was like... There was a little salt in that, wasn't there? <laughs> this random person over and over. And now we'll get to hear from the said random person. Yeah, so I'm random guy uh, that Jaden had to get through for the title. And from his story, uh, I started, I pretty much came right into type two. I started playing. I've been on your podcast for so I won't get into that. I Being in Georgia, the Southeast was just dominated by type two players. Great type two players, too. Not just in Georgia, but um, Tennessee, Tennessee's East Central, but uh we still had South Carolina and North Carolina that had phenomenal players back then. Um, and so when, when I started playing, it was about really competitive. I think it was 03. Um, and then I think I caught the tail end of that season. But regardless, I only played type one for, for really two years competitively. I was already playing type two. Uh, by 05, I was already – no, by 04 – I would have had my first state title in type two and we were going to, I mean, I don't know if Kirk Dennison was at that state, but we had Kirk Dennison, Cliff Chrysell. We had the Aries brothers, Chris McCravey and Eric Largent. We had big names. Uh, and that kind of goes back to when you had John early on last week. Well, by the time it, yeah, by the time this comes out, you had John early on last week and talking about iron sharpening, sharpening iron. It was when, when you went to nationals and, and, you know, we called us the, the 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 Southern boys, and all us Georgia boys showed up. We were looking to take home as many Type Two titles as we could. We just had this one clan of Allsteads that we had to go through. <laughs> so, 
I went to my first nationals in 2006. I, I played Justin. I beat Justin then. And I didn't know who he was. I'm going to be honest. I had no clue. Sorry, Justin. I beat him <laughs> and kind of moved on. <laughs> and he, he was mad. Uh, I whooped him. I, I walked through like five straight with a strong angel. He was so mad. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think Eric Largent was like, do you know who you just beat? I was like, I don't know. He he wasn't happy. He he had an excuse. <laughs> so, <laughs> just kidding, Justin. And he was like, yeah, you just beat one of the best type two players. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So uh, I actually got – I had a misplay against Eric that year. I still remember he – wasn't really doing much against me. He couldn't do much. He was playing the defensive at that point. I was kind of, I took over the, the game. The momentum kind of shifts in type two so often. And he wasn't really doing much. And I didn't see him do anything. He just, he flipped an artifact and your turn. Cause he just skipped all the rest of the phases. You don't, if you don't need to do anything in those phases back then, you really couldn't. So uh, I went to attack with my Michael uh, gathered to strong angel warriors and I had negates and battle winners that were CBN. It was pretty nasty. And he said, no, nope, you can't. You have a, I activated household idols. I was like, what? I was like, when? I was like, I just attacked last turn. He was like, I don't have that active last turn. So he got the one block that he needed. Uh, ended up losing by either one or two because he got the big two. And But he got the one block and that was it. Um, I think I lost seven to six. And I played the guy who won, who went prior to Jaden, the only guy to ever go undefeated at type two, I believe, at nationals, was Ross Lang. And he, uh, I played him, and he said that was the closest game he had at nationals. And he was at, he was like, what's your name? Like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Eric, I'm Eric Largent's protege. And because I was a little kid back then. But yeah, that was my first nationals. I got third place in type two, two player second place in type two multi heck i even had a, a top 10 finishing booster that i always that i'm always proud of but yeah i've been playing type two pretty much since i started playing it you're kind of forced into type two back in the day in georgia i've ranked at uh, 10 10 nationals 06 through 21 i used to play a lot of multiplayer from really from 2013 15 16 and 17 i either got first or second type 2 multi justin and i just went back and forth i got a couple titles a couple couple i think i have two thirds two seconds and two firsts and then a lot of multiplayers here and there so well versed in type 2 i love playing it it's so fun uh we'll, we'll get more into that too but yeah that was a i've made a lot of crazy decks my my not my claim to fame, I don't know, but I know a lot of people say this about me is that I throw my decks out there. Like I don't really hold much back. I like to give to the, to the community. Sometimes I put decks out there that I shouldn't, but maybe I should hold them or maybe I should actually play them at nationals prior to. So I've, I've put out a couple decks. I've given national winners the actual deck list. And then I was like, ah, I'm not going to play these. Here you go. And they, they got first place. That's happened twice. Uh, they piloted them well and they knew exactly what they were doing, but it's a verbatim list. So there is that. And then uh, I think the a new beginning reset Kirk originally played. I don't remember playing him or seeing it, but he said he played me and beat me. So I get, I definitely give him credit. So I'm sure I, I pulled that from him, but uh, I created the new beginning reset. I thought 
And I did that in the terminal before we went to California. And Eric Largent and I were getting ready and played New Beginning Reset. Uh, I lost to Gabe, who was using Speed Camp, Cliff's deck. And, and, and Gabe was like, this is awesome. So he played Speed Camp, and that was up there with Lafis, I think. And from a Type 2 perspective, I think it was better than the, the Dominator if you, or the Devastator, if you guys have heard of that deck. But that's a old, old school. But regardless, been around the game for a long time, seen a lot of decks, made a lot of decks. Uh, I like to do the best I can to kind of create and set the meta in type two and kind of push out as many ideas as I can. And we were joking around prior to the podcast of, of there, you know, what, what's the meta in type two, there is no meta. So that's another thing that I like the most is kind of put out there what's, what's good. And a lot of times you'll see what's good in type two is sometimes not feasible in type one. So that's another reason why I love type two, but yeah, that's all I got for now on that. We can move forward. Uh, I will say uh, Brian Hake went undefeated in Type 2 2 player at uh, 2002 Nationals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. He was good. Well, l- let me ask you guys, what do you think the um, the overall learning curve is for Type 2? Like if you said you, you didn't play it very much, Tyler, you went mostly into Type 2 based on your play group and who was in your area. Well, what do you think the, the overall – Knowing everything you know now, the the curve for coming into the game, learning how to play type one versus learning how to play type two. Sure, yeah. I mean, I guess I would say um, the the curve isn't very steep early on. Like, I mean, there's only a few more rules that you need to keep track of. A lot of it is in the deck building. Um, so, like, making sure that your deck is legal can be a little bit trickier. But if you just you know pull a a deck list. You know that's that's already made and try that out first. I think that that would you know, give you kind of a good idea for you know how it's it's played differently, and that's I mean that's going to be how you're going to you know build your own decks and, and um, figure out what's important there. Um, but I think just kind of getting a hang of the the new rules is really the only like thing the that you really have to learn, and then. I mean, you'll you'll kind of learn from there, like uh, you know how those rules, I guess, impact the game. Um, but other than that, it's, I mean, uh, there's like deck building is maybe the the hardest thing to learn, like how your deck's gonna gonna look different. Um, but the actual gameplay, I would say, is pretty much just type one, but you know, bigger decks, and um, you know, it's gonna just look a little bit different because your your decks are you know, a little bit bigger and a little bit more copies of certain cards Uh, i would say new players think there's this massive steep curve in type two because they'll sit down and they'll see some of these top players playing type two and there's just the whole board's covered and it's overwhelming but Jaden already talked about that where that's not the learning curve that you're looking at the, the top players of the game playing a competitive game you can go to any type one game there's going to be resources all over the board and type two you can just have a little bit more of them technically pretty much have twice but up to four the same card but you can have twice the resources because a hundred card deck essentially so you're going to have all these different resources down and people people look they look at it and they see and we'll get into this later but the money aspect and it's overwhelming it's just how can i keep up with all this and they're so scared and it's like don't you can't look at it like that don't look at it from people that have 
like that have beaten the best and played with the best and played for years in type two, if you really bring it down and simplify it, it's not this massive learning curve. Uh, there's a couple abilities, which let's be real, rescuer's choice. We kind of say that at the end anyway. So <laughs> just just throw a counter on your hero if he rescues a lost soul, and throw a counter on your blocker if if he or she uh, blocks. There's not not too much. You can get into the deck intricacies later but as for actually playing you, you you can sit down in no redemption and sit down and play type two it's not a completely different game yep okay well you mentioned that a lot of players kind of get dissuaded to give it a try because of the, the overwhelming aspect of it looking at two high-end players playing it all the resources on the board then you think about all the fact that you have more staples you have more more money cards so I think there's there's like that barrier and that that's kind of why I wanted to do this episode is it's like there's this barrier for people to even try it. Um how would you guys in your own words describe what type 2 like as an experience what is that like and why should someone like me want to give that a try? So in, when we talked we joked about the meta that there is no meta. Um that alone is enticing that when I sit down and look at who I played at nationals and in other tournaments and prior to for years, there hasn't, there's barely been two of the same versions of the deck or two, two similar uh, archetypes. Really? There's nothing that's the same. You're always going to get something different from an offense and defensive standpoint. I'll say the defenses are a little slightly more center focused but the fact that you have defenses alone creates more gameplay, more battles. You have to, it's a, it's more of a chess game in my opinion. You have to think because you don't just, if you give up one or two at the beginning in type one, you're, you're automatically on tilt because that's it. They, they play the big two. They set up another one of their guaranteed rescues. That's, that's pretty much game. It's very hard to come back from that. If, and that's why everyone says whoever goes first wins in type one. That that's not the case in type two. I talked about this before momentum shifts where you can physically like you can, you can feel it to where you're having that player on tilt that you're just overwhelming them. And next thing you know, Jaden drops a mayhem and I shuffle my whole hand in and I'm like, Oh, well that sucks. <laughs> and like Jaden said, he drops a mayhem against his brother with Raymond becomes dust active. Like it, not that mayhem's the momentum card, you can see when resources start to diminish and when people use their resources really heavily. Like if I play Justin, he is more – I want to bury Justin early because – and I want to pressure him big time because the more – the longer Justin's in the game, he's more of the slow, methodical player that gathers his resources. Uh, I'm more of the aggro. I'm going to come at you real quick, put pressure on you, limit your resources at the beginning. There's completely different types of, of ways to play the game in Type 2, and you have more battles and more chances to win and not just, oh, I'm down 2-0 at the beginning. In turn two, I'm down, and that's it. It's pretty much game over. In Type 2, it's like, no, this is fine. Just keep playing and, and move forward because they might have just used dominance early like I did against Jaden before and, or I might have used my main attacks early on, and now they have all this defense that 
they can set up later. So it's a completely different game. It's a whole other beast to where you really get to see the entire entirety of the cards in Redemption that I don't feel like you get to see in Type 1. The last point I have is there's a lot of staples. And in Redemption, you, you have those really like 8 to 12 cards that you can say that you just kind of sleeve up, don't think about it, and move on. You know, a lot of dominance and lost souls. So you sleeve them up, you put them in. Well, that right there, let's just call it 10 cards. That right there is 20% of your deck. So, but in type two, 10% of your deck. So you can throw in all these staples, but you still have an entire deck that you have to build. In type one, you're trying to get to those dominance. And in type two, yes, of course, you still have your dominance, but you're building so much more around that. And you're more focused on your your theme and strategy of your deck on both offense and defense and what you're trying to accomplish in the game state compared to just kind of racing, getting a couple of, and dropping some dominance. So that's, that's my pitch to everyone, especially you, John, on what's so good about type two. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say that like, even right now we're kind of seeing type one become a little bit more defensive games are kind of taking a little bit longer, uh, kind of like with the reserve rule and stuff. And like, I think that that's kind of what you, should kind of expect going into a game of type two is like, you know, the, the decks are balanced, good and evil. So <clears throat> you're going to have more interactions. And um, I think that because of the way you build decks, like there, you know, you can have multiple copies of certain cards that does make uh, a much wider uh, variety of decks uh, viable, I guess, or like, you know, kind of at the, the same level. Um, you know, Throne was still you know, pretty good. Um, you know, Tyler won with that in 2020. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a, still going to be a good deck, similar to how it was good in, um, in Type 1. But, you know, there are going to be other decks that have kind of similar um, you know, aggressive strategies. Um, and then also decks that can, you know, handle it because they have... Uh, substantial amount of defense um so yeah i think uh, you definitely see a lot more variety and a little more kind of interaction and you know if you have a theme that you really like but it's not all that great in type one you know it, i'm sure that there's a version of it that can be viable in type two uh, if you just kind of you know work it with the same or with the you know right number of copies of certain cards and, and whatnot um and then the last thing i um, you mentioned how, like, you know, you have all these staples and you know, one of the common barriers is like the, the cost prohibitive, um, you know, part of that, which, uh, I can see the argument for some of them, like, I mean, exiles and remnant, for example, like, you know, you ha those are cards that are you know, kind of expensive and, and type two, you can have two of the same lost souls. So you can, you know, have, you just need to get another copy of each of those. Um, but a lot of the other staples, I would say, like, I, I pretty much only use one of in, in each of my type two decks. I mean, dominance, obviously you can only have, uh, one of each of those still, um, and cards like endless treasures and book of the law and Emmaus road. Like they're all cards that, um, I mean, I, I guess you can have up to three copies of artifacts, but you know, usually I don't, uh, it's, it's certainly okay to get away with, you know, one or two of certain powerful cards. Um, so, I, I mean, I think like the only ultra rare that I can think of that's come out in the last 
um, I mean, like in rotation, even, I guess, like that I can think of that you can have four of is uh, Eternal Inheritance. But other than that, it's like one or two of, of most of them. Book of the Covenant, I suppose you can have three, but. You don't want to use three of those. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. So I guess that's a good transition to, to get into. You guys already hinted at it that part of the most overwhelming part probably is when you get ready to build a deck. So you sit down. I think everybody pretty much knows how to build a type one deck. Uh, if you don't, then you can kind of refer to like even even the rule book that comes with the INJ starter decks. They can they can tell you the basic deck building rules. As far as type two, it's like you're throwing out that you can have four of a card. You used to be able to have five. You can have three of artifacts. You can have two lost souls. It's like numbers everywhere, <laughs> and it's like break that down and explain to me how like someone that's a complete noob at it that that's me i have no idea i've sat down and watched chris and and jay play every now and then at a tournament in alabama and i've seen like the the board full of resources and i've seen the little the little pebbles that he puts down for his counters and i don't know what half that stuff means and <laughs> then when you get into like you talk about momentum shifts How's this for momentum shifts? How do you rip three plots and lose a game in type two? And <laughs> type one, that's that's easily a win. Like if you rip a plot, you're usually winning. And that's not to throw shade at Jay, but like I definitely get what you're saying about like the momentum and how that but again, like you're talking about the fact that like you can there's just so much you can do within deck building. How do you not get overwhelmed with that? I do think that three plots and losing is not the record in, in type two. Just want well, not normal. It's not. It's not normal. But I'm pretty sure. I think it was Chris Bainey who, back when you could have like eight of a card, or was it just like? It was one per twenty with up. You know, with up to two hundred. There was no max on a deck either, so right. you could play one per twenty, and then yeah, you you yeah. So he had it like a hundred sixty card deck with seven of them or whatever eight. Uh, I want to say he played like six. Um, let's see, uh, I guess I would say, I mean, so as far as like the, the numbers go, I mean, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but it is laid out, uh, I think relatively clearly as far as like, um, you know, how many of each type you can have in, uh, I'm pretty sure it's in the, the REG or, you know, one of those rules documents, um, where it's like. There, you know, you can have like two sites with uh, special abilities, three, you know, uh, of a fortress, and then, you know, which if you have a cards that have like two icons on them, like a city, then it's whichever one is the most limiting. So you can only have, you know, two of, of a city. Um, Dual brigade, you could have two of. Tri brigade and more, you could have one of. I mean, all that stuff, like. You'll get there. A lot of it just posted on the board, and Jade and I will comment. But yeah, it's in the REG <laughs> discords out there. Um, those are the intricacies of deck building. Or as you uh, as you stated earlier, we can just wait for you to post the deck that's going to win and see if you can pilot it. <laughs> yeah, just copy paste, play Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. You just wait for Craig Fountain to show up at a nationals, and then he'll just <laughs> hand out five decks to you know random people and. Let's kind of, without getting into like the the overall specifics, because those are in the reg. They're they're one of the first items that come comes up. 
is you've got the deck building rules and you've got it listed out with the band cards and then type one, then type two. So we can, we can go there if, if like we're, we're super interested in trying out the format and it, it lays it out. It is, it is still from a completely new player, like for this category, that, that perspective, it is overwhelming still, but um, let's, let's not do the, the straight specifics. Let's just kind of do like roundabouts. So, in type one decks, generally twelve heroes is kind of like the the ceiling of what you want, and then you've got a certain amount of enhancements. Maybe on your on your evil characters, you're looking at maybe eight, nine if you if you're using an extra one in the reserve, and then four or five evil enhancements. How do those how do those splits between cards? Is it basically just double for type two to where now I can have twenty four heroes, or is it you want to have 18 20 heroes and more ways to get to them how do you how do you how do you split that up i think i could probably say what Jaden's ratios and builds are and he can probably say what mine are <laughs> <laughs> probably but, uh i i am a heavy character player in type two um i want probably unless i have like three characters in the reserve then I, I want at minimum 16 heroes, but more than likely I usually try to play about 17 to 19 heroes in the main deck with another, you know, anywhere from one to three, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish in the reserve. Remember the reserves, 15 cards, the reserve also has to be equal. Um, so yeah, I'm playing heavy characters because as long as I have a character, I could theoretically at least attack and block and at least play my enhancements off them when I get the stars and the territory class and whatnot. Stars don't matter, but I'm saying from like a, a plumb line kind of thing. So just to be able to have, that's where I talk about the resources, but I play more character heavy and a little bit less enhancements. I play a lot of less neutral cards. So I max out the characters and enhancements because I try to tend to focus on the battle and I usually play negates, banding, add to battle, heavy characters, heavy enhancements. So my builds are a little different. But no, you don't just double up on 12. Type 1 actually started playing more of a ratio of type 2 to where they were doing more character-focused. And so they actually started adding more heroes. If you start, if you look at the old bills of type 1, they didn't have as many heroes. They were more a little bit more balance-focused and uh, less heroes. Now it's, okay, well, I have, can I have all these heroes that do all these things, and I can ban them all together, and I can play different territory class enhancements off of all these cards. So... I definitely get that because when I started with, with Flood Survivors, you've got the eight and you have to maintain unity and eight just feels like it's not quite enough or they got for a while it got to where it just felt like it wasn't enough. Well, you, you were slipping because everyone else had 10 to 12 and they were able to generate more stuff. So I play a little heavier, but um, that's that's my ratios. Jaden, what about you? Yeah, um, so I'd, I, I guess I'm kind of the same, but a little bit less on characters and i think a little bit more like utility and neutral kind of stuff because i usually think like i mean there's not a whole lot of different characters that i want to be pushing into battle um as much i mean there's a lot of different characters but you know every deck even or same kind of thing in type one you're gonna have kind of like your your main you know like go-to rescues and that kind of stuff um so i tend to play a lot more cards that kind of support um, or 
um, I mean, right now it's, it's really easy to play cards that like search and you know, do things like territory class stuff to kind of get you set up. Um, so I would say that I, um, like, I guess the, just looking at the post exilic Greek deck that I played on the channel, which, um, you know, has pretty similar numbers to, um, what I played at nationals on offense, uh, I was playing 14 heroes and 14 good enhancements. Um, and I think that, I mean, maybe, maybe to put that into perspective for people, it might be good to start with kind of the, the split between like good, evil and neutral. Like if you're just starting out 40, 40, 25 is kind of the like go-to, you've got a 105 card deck then. Um, if there were, if there was going to be like a starter type two deck, I think it would probably be like um, 38, 38, 24, or something like that. Because, um, you know, it'd be, a, it'd be 100 cards then. Um, and so if you've got, you know, 38 good cards, um, you know, a good chunk of those are going to be dominance. Um, so maybe you've got, you know, like 32 other cards to work with. Then, I mean, if you're splitting up heroes and enhancements, then you're uh, like evenly, you're, you're still looking at, you know, like, 14 to 16 of each. Um, and then, you know, maybe a few fortresses or covenants in there. Um, so that's kind of, uh, I think we're, I mean, um, I differ just a little bit is kind of having a few more of those utility cards in there, but really, uh, I think just having ways to like search for certain cards, like get certain heroes and certain, you know, offensive strategies, I guess, out, um, is you know, important in type two when you have such a, a big deck and you're, you know, kind of wanting to get to the important cards that you're going to use the most. Let me ask you, you kind of hinted, hinted at it, Tyler, that you have 15 card reserve, but then you have to balance out good and evil. So does that force you to have at least one neutral card in there? That way you get seven, seven and one neutral. Is that kind of like a force rule? Yeah, so you have to have one neutral regardless because it's an odd number, and you have to have an evil even number of both good and evil in your reserve as well. So then it comes down to what do I want in my reserve? Do I go six six three or do I go seven seven one? Um, that's kind of the two main builds that you see. Because anything, I mean, you can go five five five, and you have five neutrals. Then you can definitely do that with all the neutrals coming out. I tend to stick to a 6-6 six, six or a 7-7 seven, seven, once again because I go more into a uh, character enhancement heavy. Um, my 2020 build had a 6-6-3, six, six, and that's because I had the um, Ashira Treacherous Lands Majestic Heaven. So I'm trying to have, at least have some sort of, can I grab a neutral that I can, can get pretty much immediate value from or that I specifically need for a purpose, like some sort of point? Um and usually it's just like, if I have a hopper in reserve, I'm going to want, you know, Majestic Heavens, I'm going to want a hopper in reserve. And if I have one hopper, I can just go back to back with two hoppers and Majestic Heavens. So it kind of depends on how you want to split up the reserve. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely one neutral. Okay. Um, another common thing that comes up with like deck building in type one is a lot of the focus it's kind of like you mentioned earlier, there's there's like those 10, 12 cards that you keep sleeved up. It's mostly dominance, lost souls, and they kind of slide into everything. What are some of the uh, the most dominant uh, usage of dominance and lost souls in type two? What would be common to see if you were like overlooking a, a standard game? What you think, Jaden? 
Um, I guess I'm trying to think of like what would necessarily be different than in type one, I guess. I mean, you have more dominance, so I think you, you can, you would certainly see a few more of kind of the, the niche ones, um, or just kind of like, you know, the, the ones like doubt or, you know, vain philosophy that, um, don't make it into every or, or even most type one decks these days. Um, you know, you'll see those in type two kind of to expand and, and make it more clear what I was kind of asking at. Yeah. Maybe I didn't make the question clear was like, so you have lost souls that don't see that don't, don't see a lot of play because you're, you're forcing those few in. Um, do people kind of work with a strategy of like trying to limit rescues with their souls in type two to use some of those like restrictive souls? Do they use more of the counter souls set up souls? Like, like what's, I guess what's the, the usage there. And then, you have a, a lot of like battle enhancing dominance that don't necessarily get a lot of play in type one. Like you mentioned, you got doubt um, before, before now and coming back, I, I think it's becoming more popular now that there's a really good looking card of it, but grapes of wrath, things of that nature. Like since you have, since you have more, how does, how does that look in compared to type one? J- Jade and I pretty much use the same souls. The soul packages are at a top level, kind of the same, it's the same thought process in type one that we're trying to get as many resources as we can right off the rip, you know, from that initial draw eight Jaden went this year with covets. Um, and we talked about it and he was like, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was the right move or not. Uh, and I, I took out the covets, but we're both going to play. He played one distress. Sometimes I play one distressed as well because it's an ongoing ability. I like lost souls that, that give me an ongoing ability so I can justify an ongoing ability to just have one ofs. And so I'll do like a one wicked with a one distress, but I like having two distress just in case you get get them out early and stuff. But when it comes, you were to, running dull this year, weren't you? Or maybe that was last year. I'm thinking of. No, I think it was this year, but it was just one. It was just a one of. Um. Yeah, I think that was all it was. But all all I did was just run the one. But mostly we're going to run the the two hunters, the two remnants, the two exiles, the two darkness usually two prosperities two distress you can go one distress like i said or one prosperity interesting enough um jaden went uh, two prosperities one distress this year and i went two distress one prosperity last year so you got two first place decks there um it's it's really all about resources and you have that because it's still seven seven lost souls essentially you just double them up now do you want to take out a 2x of one to put in an ongoing ability or a niche lost soul and him and I do that, but it's mostly the same lost souls. Oh no, you went one crowds this year. Oh yeah. That's what it was. I knew you were going to be playing impartial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, which came out early, but uh, I went two crowds and they both came out early. I thought, but, Oh, that's right. Yeah. They must've not changed your list on the boards. <laughs> yeah. I went, I went two crowds I believe, but I think the major difference in quote unquote staples, not the dominance per se and the, the souls, because you do get the extra dominance. So then you can kind of add everything. Essentially. The big difference is the neutral cards. The, you get to add destruction stuff like that, but I'm saying the fortresses are the biggest difference. I see like a staple for me it is Ark of Salvation. So, where that's amazing in type one, it might not be like amazing as a staple. So I think the fortresses are a big 
big difference in staples in type one and type two. And if you're keeping up at home, that's the Noah's Ark, Ark of Salvation, that is actually good for everything except for flood survivors. <laughs> <laughs> but don't ask me about it. For a while, for me, that was a staple in type one, but definitely in type two. Mm. It's like, it's, it's one of those borderline cards where it's like you have the extra space it's definitely going in like if you had the extra space in type one like that's you know gonna be the the 51st card or whatever or you know maybe the 11th card in the reserve and early will tell you you're crazy if you don't play storehouse in type one but that's another card that i don't see a lot of play in type one is storehouse and wall of protection mm-hmm. and those i'm just pretty much i mean until goc that's pretty much auto ads for me yep i think storehouse it's still pretty common in the few games that I've played. Um, I, I think it started to take a hit with some of the some of the punishment in LOC, and then some of the cards that we've seen and hinted at that are coming with GOC. I think Storehouse is is kind of it's on the decline. Yeah, I mean, I think it gets a little bit better with the reserve rule because you know games are slowing down just a little bit, and Storehouse is one of those like. You know, payoff cards over time, uh, getting the value with taking cards from your reserve, not just the protection. I know that the access is something, but you have the fact that there's so much, regardless of protect abilities, that it's really not there for that. And then you have, well, I guess it does stop you from like Voice of Heaven, right? Because that just makes the enhancements, regardless of protect. It doesn't make its own ability, regardless of protect. Well, can you use that in Type 1 or is that a Type 2 card? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you guys tell me? <laughs> yeah, I I cannot wait from the because I got like I get to say I got to take my hobby in a different angle this year, and you know it's been so long. We got to spice up things um, that I get to now take a different perspective. That now that GOC's essentially done, that this year I'm going to be looking at the interactions and. I can't wait to see because we I haven't seen many rotation. All I see is people saying games take longer. And that's because I think people are like, "Oh, well, I don't know what I'm making yet." And I'm not going to derail this this podcast to a, uh, a a rotation podcast, but I don't think people fully and they shouldn't because rotation's brand new understand the meta of rotation yet, nor do they get with GOC, because GOC phase one is just looming around the corner, you know? I think I get what you're saying to where, like, people aren't as motivated right now to go out and spend uh, investment uh, of yep. money, time, resources into developing decks just to feel like, oh, as soon as GOC phase one comes out, boom, I've got to start from scratch. So here's the thing. We're only getting phase one. We're only getting a certain amount of themes. So it's, like I said at the beginning, we're, we're going to have a this conglomerate of of old testament and new testament at nationals if you don't fully understand rotation if you're not playing rotation right now you're not expecting to win nationals i'm just just being honest and that goes for both type one and type two you need to understand what rotation is so when phase one comes out you're not just opening up everything and all of a sudden you have to figure out rotation which is a way bigger beast than phase one and then you have to factor in oh we have new testament offenses and defenses now so yeah. I think from both staples of type one, bringing this back to the point of staples of type one and type two, we're going to change that up moving forward. And I still think people are just kind of waiting on, well, what does rotation look like? And I 
think it will revert back to this game always favors offense and it's going to favor offense because that's how the game should be from its actual standpoint. It's just a matter of people haven't necessarily found out those offenses yet to in their building balance. So which, Hey, if you're building balance, guess what? Just play type two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So way to bring it back full circle there, I guess um, kind of move away from deck building, I guess. And, and, go into like unpacking the gameplay of type two. So as, as a type one player, I know what to expect when a game starts, whether I'm going first or going second, I know what a turn looks like. Um, and I, I kind of know what I can, what I can do and what I, what I can affect when I'm the non-active player based on potential dominance in my hand or knowing what they're doing to kind of figure out what their overall strategy is. And then definitely if it's my turn, I know what all I can do in a turn. What does a standard type two turn look like? Because it seems like there's a lot of, there's a lot of like set up and prep phase. Jaden's the king of what a type two turn looks like. And I've been ran. So tell, tell him what you do. <laughs> um, so you, do, you have your preparation phase and then like 20 minutes later you go uh, to your battle phase. <laughs> like 20 minutes <laughs> um, and then 20 minutes later john early comes by and says who went first <laughs> <laughs> i mean the, the the thing is it's it's not even that you, you don't even have that many actions you just, you're just spending like 10 minutes shuffling really uh, with all the search abilities and stuff that you have in type 2 um i mean just because you have like more room to put search cards in and then you know you have there, you know, there's more cards that you have to, to search through uh, to get to the ones you actually want. This year at Nationals, the deck I was playing, uh, I'm looking at it right now, and there is there there were two good enhancements that were not territory class, and they were both impartial judgment. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, I mean, pretty much what would happen is like the first, you know, maybe two or three rounds of the game. My preparation phases are going to be taking a lot longer because I'm, you know, getting things set up and kind of getting ready for kind of the, you know, big, uh, you know, impartial judgment play. And I guess that's kind of maybe a, an edge case with with my deck because it's, you know, sort of a, a combo deck in that way. Um, but I think that that's, you know, a little bit where uh, you can describe most type two games where there's going to be a lot of kind of setup early on. But once you kind of get in the rhythm, like, you know, turns kind of start to um, go a little bit faster. Um, and then, you know, Tyler mentioned before that there can be like a, a big shift during the game and, you know, things might take a little bit longer at that point. But I think during the turn, it kind of varies a little bit throughout the, the game where you're going to have a little bit more setting up early on. And then later in the game, you're going to be more like, okay, I've got my rescue that's been you know working the last two turns and this is kind of what i'm you know know i want to do and then maybe this time they'll have something to block it and you gotta then kind of readjust um but yeah definitely a lot of emphasis on the the prep phase and kind of you know getting some uh you know set up before you actually make your attack and then the battles you know are going to be a little bit longer because there's going to be offense and defense, but uh, if you're doing you know enough setup, then I, I guess you know like in the in in my deck, the battles usually didn't last too long. 
So it it kind of depends on you know how much setup you're doing and and you know how that affects the battle. Um, but if the you know with the balance of offense and defense, there's going to be a little more interaction there. Type one games already run long at times, and there's a fairly high rate of timeouts in tournaments. So how the heck do you guys finish a type two game in time? Well. It's a kind of a balance, though, because if I'm taking a lot of time in my preparation phase to set up, it's usually because I'm getting cards that make the battle last not quite as long. So, you know, if I'm using the first sacrifice to look at your hand and underdeck an evil card, that means I know exactly, you know, more or less what my best option is uh, in order to, you know, rescue a lost soul or kind of give myself the best chance in the battle. And so it's not you know, quite going to take as long. But the other thing is in type two, you also get 15 more minutes of play, um, you know, which uh, still, you know, it... Jaden gets one prep phase extra. <laughs> <laughs> and the other player gets nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would you say on like the ratio of timeouts in type one to type two, Tyler? Cause I feel there's... like it's close to even. It's, there's not much of a difference because, the one thing, and I, I don't, in no way do I, I'm not a, any sort of arrogant type. I know Jaden's okay. not. Let, let me ask you what you're about to say. Can I can I guess what you're about to say? Yeah. <laughs> Is that type two players are a little bit more advanced and understand the game a little bit, know what they're doing? Yes. Take it long? You don't just have ROKs in type two. It's very hard to find. You have players that know what they're doing, and they also know their deck. You're not just throw. Well, you are, but <laughs> most people don't just throw together a type two deck and walk up to nationals and play. Um, or build it in the terminal. Or, or yeah, so just forget about that story I said. So most men <laughs> not have success. Most players shouldn't do that, and they know their deck very well. Um, who's the Who's the music leader guy in Minnesota? Jay? Nathan Leverson. Nathan, yeah. I mean, prime example, and like you said, he pretty much since music leader came out, but players know their deck. Also, there's, uh, there's always your top heavy players too. Um, but there's so much going on and it, I don't know there. I don't think there's too much. I won't beat this to a point. I don't think there's too much of a difference in timeout, especially recently. I would say you're more than likely to finish a type two game than you are a type one. A lot of games timed out last year in type one. Yeah, and that's before the reserve rule. Yeah, and I don't think the reserve rule really affects a whole lot in Type 2. I mean, maybe a bit with the, a little bit with the Lost Souls, but I think definitely less than in Type 1. I honestly don't think it affects all that much either in Type 1. I think psychologically it affects a lot more than it actually does X's and O's. I think people are just so used to how games played before, and they kind of just want that to where when you actually start playing games, and I, I mentioned this when I when – I, uh, did the podcast last week with John that I think it actually makes me a better player. And I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, instead of the game moving faster, I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, would you hurry up so that I can do this? Because I'm going to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, and I didn't used to think that fast. Like it would, it would be happening as fast as I'm thinking. And now it's like, my thoughts are moving a little bit faster than what my play is. And I could just be more experienced because I went to my first nationals, went through that whole experience. I think I got a ton better last tournament season. And then, you know, part of that could just be natural progression towards getting better. But I think a lot of it is just like psychological to where it's like 
we're having to play differently, so we don't necessarily necessarily like the change abruptly. That you expect that it has a bigger effect than it does. Yeah, and, and the reserve was being used as a crutch. That's what it was. People were just leaning heavily on the reserve. I'm a prime example. I'm going to rip through my reserve and get everything I want, and, go, and then it allows me to go to my deck. And that wasn't the intent of the reserve, and it wasn't fair because I could get a massive swing in turn one because I'm going straight into something in my reserve that allows me to pretty much get a draw three and a search. I'm throwing down stuff, setting up my territory, and I'm able to block turn one, and you're not. So it turned into a huge crutch to where, yes, you're more experienced, but you are a better player now because we, we kicked away your crutch, and if you fell, you, you had to get back up, and you had to learn how to, how to rely on your play ability and deck building ability. And what do you know? You have to know what's in your deck. And I think we were watering down the redemption community because people knew what was in the reserve, and they didn't care because what was in their deck because they can just go to the reserve to get what's in their deck. As soon as GOC Phase 1 comes out, like you're talking about people using the reserve as a crutch. I'm not worried about the reserve anymore. I'm really interested, and you asked earlier, was voice of having them be played in Type 1? You're darn right it is, because I'm <laughs> going to try to play it. My, my two favorite cards that I'm looking forward to now, like in theory, is Transfiguration and that of what we've gotten spoiled so far. Jaden, did you play test Transfiguration a good bit? Um, not that much, really. Yeah, I never I did a lot more of like gold and a little bit of uh, like gold and white. And yeah, I didn't really do much with Transfiguration. I'm going to be honest, that card pretty much didn't change since version one. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of were like, oh, yep, that's good. Move on. <laughs> and we play tested it. And it was like, I mean, at first I put it in, I played heavy clay, meek disciples, and I was doing all sorts of stuff with uh, territory class negating, with setting up, with drawing, with bounce manipulation of the bounce, and then having like automatic rescues like i think awesome ride is going to be more of a staple move going forward because there's so much you can do now with meek and mm-hmm. like you talked about with john early saint saint patrick but you can do a lot there and having the meekness and disciples and then just transfiguration it just auto kind of rescues things so that's all i can't wait to see that in type two that's all that's going to be I think it's going to be, once once again, go back to the Old Testament, New Testament kind of thing. Do you use a clay or disciples? Do you use a, a disciples offense or a clay offense? Because you can do a lot with clay and then play old school character like what Elijah, Elijah and Moses. And what do you do there with clay? Because you have cloud Moses with all those cloud enhancements that are clay too. It's going to, it's going to be good to see. I will just say, if you want to, uh, if you want to drop any any nuggets, you know we're all ears here too. <laughs> You've been getting nuggets left and right. <laughs> I, I do, I do think that like with with Moses and Elijah, obviously there's things that you can do with the current form of them. I just wonder if there's New Testament reference ones coming. That's that's all I want to know. I didn't know. Is there a New Testament reference Moses and Elijah? I don't know. They were there. Uh, Interesting. It is very interesting. I'll have to dig. I'll have to see what I can come up with. Maybe a future <laughs> set. Maybe 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 next set there's a New Testament Moses and Elijah. I don't know. And I'm pretty sure I've read about them in the Bible in the New Testament somewhere. Are they in the Gospels? Uh, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> 
So if they aren't in the Gospels, then they can't be in the set, right? <laughs> I don't know. There's a there's a plague of hell. <laughs> Next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I am looking forward to making a whole bunch of follower tokens and playing impartial judgment, though. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to playing against it. <laughs> <laughs> Having to get to seven souls in type two versus the five, do you think that? kind of has an approach from a player's perspective to where they they play more thoughtfully or is is aggro still as big in type two as it is in type one? I've been blabbering you go ahead, Jaden. <laughs> I I know that Tyler said earlier that he was pretty pretty aggro, but like is that across the the whole player spectrum or is that just kind of a Um, I mean he he also mentioned like Justin's play style of being a little bit more you know kind of uh control i guess or where you're kind of playing more of a long game and i think that that's um i mean yeah justin's obviously a, a very good player with uh, lots of titles under his belt so i think that that's yeah, suggests that there's some validity to to both strategies there um i'm not really sure which side i would uh, say i lean more to um i, I like to try out different things um but your, your yeah. aggro aggro setup and methodical battle <laughs> could be yeah maybe maybe it's like the best of both worlds i don't know i say Jaden's a, a little bit of both i'm more aggro that likes to get more and more resources but i like to limit your resources more mm. Jaden wants to get set up quick but he has he knows what he has in his deck to where what he needs to get to in the the game state he's looking for and he is going to try to set that up. The quicker you can set up your game state, the better. And I've always been set it up as quick as I can and put pressure on you. Jaden does that as well, uh, especially well this year to where he's setting up, but he's getting to a game state that's that's pretty crippling and debilitating. And I'm more of the constant pressure. So I think those are two, two main yeah. uh, different play styles. Yeah, I could see that. that, that... I think is definitely like if I were to think of a, a prime example of that is my game against Josiah in 2018 or was it 2018? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to, to pull up my resume again. <laughs> um, no, it was 2019. That's right. Um, where it was just like, uh, I felt like I was in control the entire game, but he just had like jump block or jump block and, um, you know, I, I wasn't applying enough pressure early on to like even where or once we got to the point where, you know, I was in control and, and might have been able to, you know, get through given more time. You know, we we ended up timing out um, in that game. So it's, it's definitely kind of like a, you know, finding a balance between um, those things that's important. And I think that what we're kind of seeing in, in type one now if, of thinking about that has been something that's been pretty consistent uh in type two even you know before rotation and everything josiah's a freight train do not let that man get momentum i can't beat josiah in, in big tournaments i guess he i i i had him on tilt i had him on the i mean we talked about this game and he was like i was sweating i was shaking and i came out to like a 4-0 start i think i lost seven to three like he dropped he went to um, Covenant of Prayer into a Haman's plot and um, 
ripped two against me, drew into a falling away, was able to set up his defense and just slowly like get the blocks he needed after Heyman's plot, and I just kind of was stuck for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then just build everything. And I just saw the game. I, I saw like a 10-minute victory just diminish to a hour-long anaconda <laughs> just slither around me and choke me out. It was so... <laughs> <laughs> pissed me off. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Do you think the the win condition being seven versus five? Do you think it has a a major impact on the game? Obviously, it extends the game. You get a little bit more time to get to that. Um, but you said like some of the same strategies are involved, and then you also have what was the term you used earlier? Rescuer's choice. How does that play into it? And explain to you know, people on this side of the, of the aisle, what, what that means? Well, soul gen comes before the fact, meaning during a rescue, if you have no lost souls and I generate a lost soul, it doesn't matter. When you do rescuer's choice, you uh, say the lost soul you're going for and, and, and present your hero. If at any point that lost soul goes away, rescue attempt is not successful. So I cannot generate a soul after I attacked and still have, and it still be a rescue attempt. I have to name the lost soul I'm going for, and I can only rescue for that soul. So that changes things. And uh, that that's not optional. That that's mandatory for each rescue. Correct. Uh, what's what's the what's a standard battle interaction look like? I know that's probably a loaded question because if you've had characters out there for two or three battles before, you're going to have a bunch of rocks built onto them. Looking like Stonehenge going into battle. <laughs> yeah, the the hardest part really is just picking up all the characters that you're trying to push in without you know losing without losing track of all the experience credit that they have on them. Or you ban to uh, someone else's. Yep. And you're just like just just all yours are in just all of them. Yeah, yeah. I recommend dice. That's a mm-hmm. definitely something that took me a few years to to figure out. But those tiny little dice, those are awesome. For type two little dice different colors uh because you try to not have the same colors as your opponent for dice and then you put all those stones next thing you know it looks like an aquarium by the time you're done playing so <laughs> don't, don't use those um as for a normal battle that's not shade chris <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of shade as, as for a normal battle jade and i are going to play uh, we do play heavy characters but we also try to do um, at least on the offense, we try to do a lot of banding. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not too focused on banding on defense. I'm more focused on adding to battle instead. But as from an offensive standpoint, I'm trying to maximize my resources, and I can do that through hero abilities now. And so you'll see uh, the last last couple decks out of one in Type 2, really over the last, what, I would say four years between yours, Josiah's, and mine, that... Both both of mine were just aggro. One was one was heavy thrown. One was just red aggro thrown. Uh, Josiah's was, I think the it was thrown, but it was in, he was insteading things. He had some teal in there to uh, yeah. instead, and his was add to battle brown, add to battle uh, offense and defense. Well, that was in twenty seventeen. In um, twenty nineteen, he actually he played crimson with throne oh okay yeah i forgot he played crimson um i always rely on add to battle 
uh, last year I switched up a bunch of stuff, but that was just because I was my involvement in GOC and I I switched decks and I add the battles good. Make excuses then, all you want, Tyler. Yeah, Jaden would have won regardless. <laughs> I'm going to say that on record. Jaden would have won regardless. I'm saying my normal play style, I went away from. Um, and then Jaden was able to just throw a bunch of heroes in battle and get the meek abilities off that. Not that meek had any abilities, that's ironic, but the uh, impartial <laughs> judgment. So you, you'll see a lot more, which I mean, type one tries to do that. I think type one does it more efficiently. Just throwing more heroes into battles and the defense has to counter all of that. Mm-hmm. I would say what I see a lot more in battles in type two than, uh, I mean, you do see it in type one, but I think a lot of the cards that I include, like especially on defense, will be cards that are like card advantage, not necessarily battle winners. Like um, <clears throat> you know, most of the, I guess like the only cards that I had in my deck this year on defense that like directly removed the hero in battle were two copies of Seized by Babylon. And then, you know, I guess like Betrayal and Wages of Sin could uh, could do that. And I guess technically Jealousy as well. Um, but a lot of it are like Dream where you're drawing cards. Um, I mean, like Crimson as a whole is probably the most popular type two defense in the last however many years. I mean, you know, there's a lot of variety like we were saying, but I think, you know, Crimson just because it had like Nebuchadnezzar who was like super good in, in you know, every category, every format, but in type two, especially because you have so many different options you can include and you can just get whatever you need the most. And so I think seeing a lot of those kind of like value plays on defense, especially because you can you know afford to give up a few more lost souls than in type one, as long as you're kind of like getting more value. I mean, so like seeing a deck with, you know, four copies of Sabbath Breaker or um, you know, like the Lying Prophet, Damsel, like are things that you, you know, uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see, um, you know, lots of, of those kind of characters. Um, let me ask you this, because you guys kind of kind of mentioned that one of the pulls into Type 2 for you guys is that there really isn't a defined meta. You can kind of play what you want. Um, but in a given year so, um, you said you guys kind of had a gentleman's agreement that, that you weren't going to play like love at first sight, even though that was a big thing in type one, when some big deck pops off in type one for the first time, is it usually show up in type two or is, is the, the different format just kind of completely like warp the, the ability for a deck to be present in both? Well, I got the history side. You want me to take that one? Go for it. So there was the Devastator deck back in the day, and that was where a lot of rule changes came from side battles and cards like Book of Hosei and withdraw cards. So you would do a side battle, discard one card from their hand, and uh, draw Book of Jasher, take another card from their hand. If you want, however you played it, you would withdraw Visions of Idaho the Seer, Highway, whatever. Highway was a big one in there because you'd make a side battle in your side battle, but the side battle would be side battle of evil characters, vice versa, and every, everything could stay, and then you could withdraw. Highway would take the evil enhancements back as well, and you were able to get rid of their entire... You would cycle through, and once you had the combo, you were able to cycle through their entire hand deck, whatever you wanted, um, and keep making side battles. Uh, that deck 
when it came out, did extremely well. And then other people caught on and they made their own versions and rules came out. Um, the other one was a, the speed camp was just, I was the guinea pig for that one for three years. I played against <laughs> that one and that was, I don't remember a lot of the, a lot of time during those three years, but <laughs> speed camp, so hazy. traumatic, but uh, that was another one that Cliff straight up put the list out there and um, no one else used it. Gabe used it and rightfully won. Mm-hmm. It was the best deck out there. And um, I had a new beginning reset and I used that, but I, I didn't post anything about that because I couldn't because like I said, I made it in the terminal. Um, that one did extremely well. I don't, what other ones were there from a combo standpoint in type two? I made the Zebulon deck and that was kind of to offset cliff and I made it. I won so many tournaments with that deck that people would stop playing me because that deck was just ahead of its time. So I just posted it on the boards, I think like three months before nationals and Gabe was like, well, there's a good deck. And he won nationals. <laughs> and I'm like, man, what if I could just pick the right deck? Um, and, and, and Gabe piloted that thing to perfection. Uh, that was another deck, but that was, I threw that thing out prior to. So I guess, I don't know. I think the community wise, I mean, Jaden said the same thing about impartial judgment. I knew what he was going to play. Um, I didn't want to purposely go against him. I didn't think that was right. So I just threw in two crowds. And a, I think, I don't even know if I had an artifact in there. For you. I you think want to I go purposely artifact. against me. So you just went a little bit against just me. Just slightly <laughs> against, yeah. And so we both kind of agreed not to do Love at First Sight because we didn't really want to deal with counters. It wasn't fun. Um, but so, yeah, there's definitely been combos. I guess the best person to do it is Kirk Dennison. He would make oh, a combo. Yeah. He would email Rob. Rob would say, yeah, this looks good to me. And then he would print off the email and, and show up at Nationals and no one would know about it. Yep. Um, I'll say from a Type 1 perspective, Children of Light, that was out prior to. Love at First Sight, shouldn't have been, but that was out prior to. <laughs> so there hasn't been too many hush-hush. Like even John, when he played his Sight Lock and his Packer Backer, both of those were out there. So I don't know, Jaden, do you have any? Is that like... I don't know what's really been hush hush in years. I mean, I think that um, getting back a little bit to like, you know, if something comes out in type one, does it like immediately port into type two? I mean, I would say there's definitely been a lot more of like a lot more combo decks in type two than in type one. Um, Because, I mean, you have more resources available. You can have, you know, Cop, multiple copies of certain cards. Um, one of my videos in the, in the next uh, few weeks when I'm you know, doing a, a classic Type 2 build, it's because you can have, uh, like, it's only possible in Type 2 because you can have you know, more than one of a certain card. Um, and so I think that there's, like, some more viability there for combo type stuff, and there's more time in the game to, to pull those kind of things off. Um, and I think that as far as like, um, you know, if something comes out in type one, it's probably already been done or, you know, like, uh, it's pretty easy to build a type two deck from any like good type one deck, um, you know, going the other way around might not be, be quite as easy, but, you know, I could, 
take like any type one deck that I've played over the last year and build a decent type two deck out of it. Um, like, uh, I think that, you know, it doesn't necessarily go both ways, but definitely from type one to type two. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you picked up on that, that was the subtle shameless plug for redemption with JD. <laughs> you will be caller number seven. Now you will win Tyler's free box of phase one GOC. <laughs> uh, you can't you can't have Jaden on here without the shameless plug or Derek. Everybody's got shameless plugs, um, except for Tyler. What are you doing, Tyler? <laughs> Pull it together. Well, he he tried to plug what he was doing before we got on the call. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I want that off he the record. Didn't the record. <laughs> he didn't hit the record button fast enough. Sorry, guys. <laughs> in all um, in due time, I've been busy. Yeah, definitely been busy. Anyway, um, so how do you how do you guys see rotation affecting type two? Because when I when I looked over some of those games with Jay and Chris, and like that's that's the most of my that that's as far as my type two interaction goes. Because like at nationals, you're not able to hover and watch any of the games, so I didn't get to see much there. Um, so I just saw them at local locals, well, not locals, but states, regionals, things of that nature. But you you talk about multiple copies of Heyman's plot. You talk about all of the weapons that interrupt, draw two, play the next. Talk about a bunch of characters that are no longer allowed. So how do how do you think rotation kind of hits type two? I mean, the deck that I played at nationals this year. Um, has I think ten cards that are not rotation legal, um, which I mean they're important cards for the deck. Like you know, uh, definitely makes things a little bit different. Not having enjoyed a son of Eliashib for you know the little white combo that I was trying to do, um, but like overall, I think that um, you know there's still a lot of variety and, and different things to try out. Um, to be honest, I haven't actually built a rotation type two deck yet. Um, so that's, that's something I got to work on here, but, um, I think that it won't change a whole lot. I mean, like in the, the same sense that like, you know, type one is changing. There's like a couple themes that, you know, you won't really see as much. You won't see like thrown. Um, but I mean, you can see it, look a little bit different i think like maybe um like purple king unity or something you know zion you know in type one you know maybe that's kind of a you know pretty medium strategy um, but in type two you know i think that that's you know certainly uh, a viable strategy especially in rotation um so i think that you know you'll see um a little bit more or uh, I guess maybe kind of like the same amount of variety just with some different themes. Um, you'll see a little bit less of, you know, the shenanigans that Tyler was doing with his throne deck with like four copies of a soldier's prayer and, uh, you know, like four copies of the, the cards that, you know, really uh, get you like value in type two, like a soldier's prayer, like Nebuchadnezzar I brought up earlier. Um, so that'll change things a little bit but i don't think it's going to take it a whole lot but like i said i haven't built or even played rotation type two yet so maybe tyler you've got a 
different perspective on that. Yeah, rotation is going to be amazing for type two. It's going to be amazing for the game. Uh, I don't know if this is the exact quote, but innovation is made through adaptation, meaning we, we were kind of stagnant in where we were at from a community. We're kind of making a lot. Jaden does a great job of, I try to pump out a lot of ideas too. Um, Jaden's been doing a great job of content as well from like a meta standpoint. Uh, you can only do so much when some themes were too strong, when there's thousands of cards in the pool and cards like Throne of David and Isaiah exist and you can do a massive ban to them. It's forcing players. And once again, I'll say I'm, I'm guilty when it, I can make all the decks in the world. It's not until nationals that I'm like, well, what do I want to play? You know? Um, so, and I've always been more of a red aggro player uh, and I say red aggro, but let's be real. I throw thrown in there with a couple other guys, but um, rotation will force players to get out of their comfort zone. And I'll just say me in general. Uh, <laughs> it, it will force players to play different different types. I love my rotation deck. Um, I'll be honest; it, it does the same thing I've always done <laughs> in a different way, <laughs> in, a, in a brand new rotational way. Uh, but there's, you, you are forced to look at things and play things that you might not have. And we're losing, it's not that we're losing so much, but we are losing key cards that we, we need to lose. There's a few, and once again, it comes back to crutches. You know, the reserve was that crutch. There's, there's other cards that were, were just those crutch, like, what is what is Jay going to play in Type Two? Because now he can't play Sam's Edicts. So Jay and Jaden, like Jaden, used to play Sam's Edicts, and I mean we have Covenant with Death is gone, and there's a lot of a lot of cards that I think we, we aren't fully understanding what rotation looks like yet. And I definitely would urge people that even yes, Phase Phase One of GOC is coming out. I urge, I implore you to play some rotation um, and really look at looking at like a 60-40, 70-30 split of offense-defense. Um, also, look at it the other way of more defense, but from a type 2 rotational standpoint, it's going to create more variety because those few archetypes that have always been there are going to go away. Just the fact that we are forced to see the new Throne of David, some people probably don't even know what it does. So just the <laughs> fact that we get to see the new Throne of David in a potential Zion build that is very fast, like Throne of David, Zion, Unity, Royal, you have add to battle all day. You have, uh, yeah, you have the add to battle and a setup, extremely fast. You can figure out ways to win if you have add to battle in a in a fast setup. So there's there's new builds that are going to be that have always been good, but people haven't played because they haven't had to because other decks were just simply better. Mm-hmm. So that's going to go away. I think a lot of, I, I've always said our community kind of lags sometimes from a deck building perspective. And I think we're really grasping LOC now. Um, I know you might not agree with this, John, but I do think Genesis is good from other, <laughs> other abilities and Genesis are good. And we haven't seen a lot of, of Genesis decks. Um, that's mostly Jaden's fault because he told everyone post-Exilics were good. So, oops. Yeah. So now people are are running on that train, and everyone loved Ruth when it came out, and and I think people still haven't really messed around with the the meek stuff. Uh, I always say Mary and John are good. 
and now we have Humble Seeker to help out everything too. So, or I'm Mary and John. Mary and Joseph are good. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a lot to do there with Meek. GOC is gonna gonna really change things too, but rotation is gonna be amazing in competitive format and force people to play new things that are outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, and uh, I will mention Lightning Priest is. Uh... I think looking pretty good in rotation. So, so Rob Smith, I know you're out there. You better get on that. You can build a, you know, teal type two or your type two deck. Treacherous lands in there. Yeah, you're gonna have, hint, you can hint. have two, two of them. Yeah, <laughs> hint, hint. Look outside the box on Lightning Priest. Don't just stick to teal. <laughs> Maybe use an angel or four. There's a lot. There's a lot to do there. So you mentioned you would implore people to get out and try to figure out what it was or what the the game state is right now before uh, phase one releases. And I've kind of been saying that as well, um, that like if you don't know what the meta is before GOC phase one releases, you're going to be like fish out of water because where other people are trying to like fit those cards into what they know rotation already is, you're going to be like trying to figure out two different things at one time. And it's going to really, really scatter you. I, I won't keep us going too much further with this, but I will say, rotation. It sounds like it sounds like from the outside looking in, type two, the way that it changes is kind of gets players out of, like you said, their comfort zone. You think that would create like a perfect, I guess, diving board into type two for a new player to come in, kind of while everybody's learning and and building new decks. Seems like it would make it a little bit easier. Jaden, would would we ever say no to that? But yeah, <laughs> now is the best time. Um, I guess I was just thinking about um, you know the fact that you know maybe there you know, we should we should probably start posting a few like more contender deck type type two decks where they're like you know maybe a little bit budget, a little you know simpler than you know the. You know, the decks you'll the type two decks you see in like the national tournament winners, um, you know, part of the forums, and I, I think that that might help, you know, if, you know, let, or give people an idea of uh, you know, type two or kind of like you know dip their toes in the water with decks that are maybe a little bit more, you know, straightforward, battle focused, before you know getting into the um, you know resources all across the the table and. You know, things just kind of scattered all over the place. So that's probably something we could, you know, do a little bit of a, a better job of doing. Yeah, we can. There's a main takeaway. Look at all the dual brigade cards that came out over the last few years. Well, go look at your collection. I'm going to guarantee you that you have one to two of those. And look at all the, the three brigades and more. Mm-hmm. You can only play with one of those in type two. I guarantee you, people out here that just have a normal set of redemption cards can make a competitive type two deck especially in rotation because there's so many dual brigade cards and really the meta in type two shifted from using 4x of everything into more of and jade and i are big proponents of this of using one ofs justin used to use one of of certain heroes and uh his his he still had his main enhancements that he liked and then he would like a couple one ofs for when he needed things. And then it started going into uh, two ofs, 
and one ofs. So I can just have one of these and then I would have, you know, of course, four soldiers prayers, but I'm having one and two of all these. So you can look at right now all the dual brigades and try and try brigades and you can see, oh, wow, I actually already have a, a competitive type two. I, I didn't even know I had the cards. Right. Yeah. My type two deck this year, uh, can either of you guess the hero that I had two copies of in the deck? It's a robo wolf. Come on, man. I know. I know, <laughs> I know what it was. I wasn't going to give you satisfaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the only hero that I had two copies of in the deck, and, and one of them was in reserve. Um, and you know, other than that, it's just one of, and I think that that's you know pretty pretty common now for for type two, especially like unique characters. Um, I mean, most of it's because there's a lot of ways to you know, search for them. Like, I mean, if I was running a judges deck, I probably still have, you know, at least two Angel to the Oaks in main deck and then one reserve, uh, obviously, you know, classic. Um, but, you know, it, or it kind of depends on the importance of the hero and what you're doing with it, or even you know, the character or some you know, evil characters. Like, I, I had two Nebuchadnezzars. Um, but other than that, like, you know, most characters, at least, are going to be one of... A lot of your enhancements are multi-brigades, so they're going to be one or two. And, um, yeah, that, like, I think is not something that you should necessarily be too worried about if you're like, oh, how am I ever going to get, you know, four copies of this, uh, you know, well, I guess you can't do Zerubbabel, but, you know, how am I ever going to get four copies of, you know, like Jonah or, you know, somebody that you... Um, you know, think is like really good in your type one deck. So you got to have as many as possible. So you get them out. Like, you know, there's lots of ways to search for them and, you know, get out what you need. And, you know, so just doing one ofs is actually going to be better because then you're not like wasting space. Cause if you, you know, get your, your one Jonah in your opening hand, then every other one that you draw is uh, going to be a dead card because you can only have one of the unique character out at a time. Um, And, and not to, I do kind of speculate on something that I don't really know about as far as type two, but it seems like with meek souls also becoming playable like that, that'll eventually trickle down and show up in type two, right? Which, which makes it, you don't have to have two, two remnants, two exiles. You don't have to have all the expensive cards. It would be cheaper ones that you could play with because eventually meek souls would be in type two as well. Right. Yeah. I mean the manual, uh, I mean, he's he's a big you know if you if you think about a Daniel deck like Emmanuel's name is gonna you know, probably pop up in your head because uh, he he plays Daniel um, a lot and he actually you know, used Meek Daniel Souls which uh, I guess right now they're kind of cost prohibitive um, Meek Law Souls in, in that particular strategy is maybe not where you want to start with but um, he actually did use the Kings of Judah defense with it which I think Tyler talked him into if I'm not mistaken. Um, instead of using a Daniel defense, he used Kings of Judah, and it was actually, it seemed like it was pretty effective against everyone else. Most people. <laughs> <laughs> it did great against everyone else. <laughs> he made, he made like a pretty crucial mistake uh, in like kind of the first one or two turns against me, and he also just like never found Foretelling Angel until it was like way too late in the game. Yeah, um, he never got his otherwise... offense going. I mean, I was really scared to play him because my defense hinges a lot on Nebuchadnezzar and, you know, Daniel offenses are obviously <laughs> going to shut that down. 
So he was he was really needing crowd's choice to get to his <laughs> foretelling. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so let's let's recount, I guess, things that I've I've learned from this conversation, even if they were just like just pass passing by nuggets. So you if they're tri brigade, you can only have one of. If yep. they're dual brigade, you can have two. Single yep. brigade, you can have up to four copies. You can have up to two copies of a soul, one copy of a dominant, three copies of an artifact. And then I'm guessing if it's a covenant, then it would be based on your your brigades on the good enhancement side. Yeah. And then the curse would be the same thing, whether you can have two or three falling into that dual brigade or tri-brigade. Yep. Um, whichever is most limiting. So if it's got two brigades, you can have two because... You know, it's only two good enhancements, but if it's a single brigade covenant, you can have three because then it's limited by the artifact side. And then you you can have um or well, what what you guys said that you play with, you don't necessarily double on the heroes and things of that nature. You kind of kind of play around. I think the the numbers were like sixteen between sixteen and like eighteen generally. So this this is just a just to show that from a I would say a quick conversation, but like we've been talking for a while now, <laughs> but so, so just picking up on all of that. And now that gives me a little bit of X's and O's on that. I can go for if I'm thinking about playing type two, it, nothing seems overwhelming. And it seems like with rotation after you guys started talking about that and all the cards that are like out of the way that, cause I remember seeing, seeing those cards with all the weapons that interrupt draw two and all of that, like, like, not having to deal with that now because those are gone. Rotation comes in. It seems like it's almost a, a perfect time to jump in because it's more of a clean slate. Mm-hmm. What advice as as the final point for the conversation here tonight? What what would be the point that you would give to someone that whether they've whether they've never wanted to try type two and they're listening to this and now kind of some of those things are are being their eyes are being open towards like what the format is. Um, and then maybe somebody that, that really wants to, wants to try out and we've kind of taken down some of the barrier of the cost things. What advice would you give to someone that's just like wanting to get started? Like, where would you start at? I would say just try it. Don't just, if you have someone around you that plays type two, ask them, for a deck can i just play type two don't even worry about the deck building if you don't have someone that is around you look at your type one and just see hey what would this don't even look at the defense chances are you're playing some sort of crazy defense anyway just look <laughs> at the offense and see what can i do with this if i can just double up on everything mm-hmm. like don't don't Put your creativity outside of the box, you know. Don't put yourself inside of a box, but just go out and try it. So many people tell me, and this goes for life in general, but let's stick to the topic, is, oh, I can't do that. And it's like, oh, have you tried it? No. Okay. <laughs> just try type two. Just just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, if you're – I would start with your type one deck, uh, whichever one you're probably most familiar or comfortable with playing – and you know you can either put in multiples of certain cards that you think are you know, pretty important. You can also put in some cards that are like, you know, like oh, this card 
you know, kind of was the, the last one on the chopping block before I, you know, cut it in order to get down to 50 or, you know, 56 or whatever. And then put those in and kind of, you know, see if you can get it between you know, like 35 and 40 cards for your offense. And then, you know, defense, you can kind of, um, you know, do the same thing. And, you know, you can just double up on all the lost souls. It's pretty easy. Um, and, you know, then you're pretty much already there and you have a type two deck and, you know, it doesn't have to be pretty and doesn't have to be you know, very good right off the bat. But yeah, I think just, you know, trying it out, um, you know, it does take a little bit more patience, I guess, like, you know, the games are a little bit longer, um, but I think it's you know, worth it for um, you know, the, the play experience. And um, I think it's, I mean, uh, I, I would say it's a lot of fun, uh, but that's also coming from a guy who enjoys type two multiplayer. So, I mean, that's <laughs> take it with a grain of salt, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be, I mean, Tyler mentioned earlier that the type two or the type two games, you know, a lot of times won't time out because in part, because you know, it's a lot of experienced players playing it and, you know, don't let that detract you, I guess, from, you know, giving it a try and being like, oh, I'm you know not going to do well at all. Or like, I'm just going to take too long. Like, I mean, I think that we're going to also be there, like, helping you here like we you know want you to to get into it you know let me know if anyone wants to you know, try out type two over lackey or something you know i'm certainly willing to um figure out a time to to play on there and i think that you know that's uh you know one of the things that um yeah i think is super important just just give it a try like tyler said and and just to revisit the the shameless plug here, you did state that you are planning to do some type two on your channel here towards the end of the year, right? Uh, that's the plan. Yeah, I kind of have a, a few decks um, that are actually classic decks that I want to get out of the way, get out there. Um, that some of them that have like been mentioned before uh, or like brought up before in, in other cases, but not on the channel. And I kind of want to just have like I don't know. Uh, evidence of them so to speak uh, and then also ones that are kind of like brand new even though they're classic uh that's just like oh this is you know something that technically still exists in the game to some degree uh, and i just want to get it out there before you know goc is you know all the rage and uh you know uh, i'm going to be focusing most of my videos on that cool cool uh Maybe even if you want to in the future, not kind of force your hand here, but if you want to um, do like an intro like you did with the starter decks, if you want to do that with type two, maybe maybe I could I could throw something together and try it out. Ooh, so since maybe since maybe you you guys have have you know made it made it seem a little easier to get into. So you're saying so that, like there's some fruit to your labor here tonight. <laughs> yeah, you're saying that the the goal of the podcast has been accomplished. Maybe. <laughs> I definitely think it's worth giving it a try. What I could do is take IJ, and we've done this before, take IJ, take out one of the brigades on defense for a type two perspective, and just make IJ a type two deck, and just kind of throw that out there, at least the deck list, to where someone can just copy and paste in the lackey. So they just have a a build a starter deck build 
And I only say take out one of the brigades because the ratios are a little off. And for type two, you don't want to have, what would you have? I don't know, six evil characters of one brigade and four of another or something like seven and four of one or that's not that low, but it'd be weird brigades for you trying to play defense and maybe just throw in a couple other basic cards, but that's an easy project of starter decks for type two that mm-hmm. you can just throw in lackey. Yeah. I've actually, um, I did type two of I, I guess one of the, the contender decks that I built for Derek. Uh, it's not on the, the website, but it was kind of for like a, someone who you know, reached out to Derek about getting into type two. So I you know, put that together. Uh, so it's you know, something that uh, I'm actually you know, wanting to work on a little bit more and you know, talking to, to Derek about, I think he's kind of on board having a couple of you know, rotation contender type two decks um, that, you know, obviously they're going to be a, a little bit pricier because it's just more cards, but um, you know, Derek's always pretty good about uh, making sure that you know, decks like that are uh, you know, have a, a good sale on them and everything or a good deal. And and here's the other shameless plug for your turn games right here. <laughs> All of number seven. So um, I guess with that, we'll we'll just wrap up the conversation here. Definitely appreciate you guys coming on and kind of giving a, uh, I, I don't know, opening up the 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 wormhole of type two to kind of <laughs> like like pull back some of the the layers of like I, I don't know what what a, what a new player sees or like what I, I saw initially like 100 card decks it just it kind of almost turns you off just because it seems complicated and expensive but then once you start getting into it and unpacking it it it, it seems it seems like it's, it could be a worthwhile. I won't say that it is worthwhile because I haven't played it, but I, 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 I could see myself trying it now. So, so does that mean you're going to go back and watch my type two videos? I, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I, I don't know if I have two and a half hours. <laughs> type two online is a little different, but everything online is a little different. Yeah. Type, type two in person is so much more fun. Like searching on Lackey is just like, uh, in type two, I kind of wish I just had like a control F like in lackey yep. to, to search. Yeah. So, uh, definitely appreciate you guys coming on and we'll go ahead and end it here and we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Sounds Peace. Good. Thanks a lot, John. Well, that's it. Another episode of your favorite podcast is in the books. We want to thank Tyler and Jaden both for coming on and sharing some of their insight and wisdom into Type 2. And we hope that you enjoyed this overview and perhaps it's something that you want to look into possibly giving a try in the future. You never know if you're going to like it if you don't try it. So go ahead and give it a try, guys. Uh, I'd also like to take this time to let you know that this is the last week for signups for the Christmas card swap by the time next week's episode drops. It will be too late. Signups will be closed. So make sure that you get, if you want to participate, you reach out to me via DM and provide me with your name and address and I'll get you added to the list. Signups do close Monday of next week. So, and then in the couple of days after that, we'll we'll split up and, and swap the addresses around and provide you all individually. We'll reach out and provide you with the address where you can send your cards to. 
So thank you for participating in that if you are. And if you want to sign up, go ahead and do so now. And we'll look forward to seeing you all next week. Appreciate you being here. Peace. Peace.